guys, welcome back to the Kitten Krista Podcast, episode 24. Great. Oh, I got it right this the time. The summer of Kitten Krista continues. Ooh, the summer of AC continues. <laughs> um, today, oh. in the Nintendo story time, we're going to be talking about Evo. Yes. Which is exciting, but a little bittersweet since Nintendo is not going to be at Evo this year. But we have some lot, uh, many stories and memories. It's a crazy story where I was very closely associated with Evo around the time when things were very dicey between mm. Nintendo and Evo. Um, Would you say you single-handedly saved I, Evo and Nintendo that year? Would you say that? Somehow inadvertently, maybe? I think yes. I don't know. We're going to get into that. I think yes. It's a, it's a very odd story. I think yes. Okay, Just good. the credit. Sure. Okay. Kit saves Nintendo and Evo Yay. in this week's Nintendo Story Time. Yay. Please listen. <laughs> um, thank you so much for our amazing Patreon family who keep this channel going. Yeah. Um, we love you guys. And of course, if you want to join us on Patreon, it's patreon.com slash kittenkrista. Lots of cool benefits. We just did our One Up Club meetup over the weekend. Always That's right. a good time. We do those monthly for our One Up Club Patreon members. And there's lots more other benefits as well. We have some big news uh, in the world of Patreon, which is that we have two new tiers that are going to be rolling out on yes. uh, August 1st, which mm-hmm. is just around the corner. Um, we're adding a high and a low tier, a new high and a low tier, which yes. is very exciting. It's going to be fun. The high tier has some really cool benefits, and hopefully the low tier makes it possible for more of you to join our right. Patreon family um, and, and uh, get you guys in on this amazing community that yes. we've been building and loving. So we're going to have a dedicated video explaining everything yes. uh, that is in those, but uh, be on the lookout for that. Yeah, exactly. All right, so what is all happening? Let's Boy. see. We played... Some Paper Mario did. on Nintendo 64. We actually played it on Switch on NSO, but that was a big glaring hole in our gaming histories, yeah. both of our gaming histories. I was saying that I felt a little bit bad because I talked so much smack about the series that I probably <laughs> should play the game that started it all. So I was like, it's time to... You love this series, but you seem to actually hate it. I love I one game out of whatever, how many in the series, <laughs> and then I talk smack about the other ones. <laughs> but um, we did play the original Paper Mario right. for the very first time. That is um, already live. That's so, up now, yeah. Yeah, if you want to see our impressions, we won't spoil it. Um, go check it out. We actually, I was I was happy. You had a good time with it. Had a good yeah, time. Yeah. yeah, I was happy. So now there's another game you can... You can, you, can, you can even the scales a little bit. It's still like... <laughs> games I like, games I don't like. <laughs> it's still really unbalanced, but you know, it's better than Sticker it. Star counts as like four games, right? Four bad um, games. Yeah. It's just like a, a hundred tongue weight yeah, on one not, side. It's not great. <laughs> <laughs> Sticker Star. Um, we also have been doing these really fun little like yeah. what's in the box mystery unlocks. Right. We're actually going to film I brought another today. box today. You have another box. It I is, have a lot of these boxes, It okay? is like softly labeled the soft label i would say what do you mean softly it's like very um it's not very detailed so the, but it does say on the box like right maybe the c- category it's not always soft perfect. labeling okay i'm, I'm unfamiliar <laughs> with that term i, I was very cross with you because last time you, you accused me, me you accused me of like I don't know, rifling through this box in advance or like stacking it a certain way or or like knowing exactly what was going to be in there, which is not the case at all. I was afraid that you were taking me for some sort of ride. Like you had already looked at the box and I hadn't. And you were like, you were like. Well, it's my stuff. I mean, I. trying to like. Like bamboozle. I know me a little somehow. bit about what it's I like, own. It's like that thing where I open like a can and like a bunch of snakes come out. <laughs> I thought that's what. <laughs> that's you were what's going to happen me. today. Is my <gasps> cock 
comeuppance for you. You were mad for like a better part of I was last a little week. Bit, I was a little bit upset that yeah. you would accuse I thought me of you this. Were, I thought you were fake mad. And then no. like three days later, you were like, you have to stop saying that to me. I'm getting real mad. I like, was a little reals. upset. Oh. You don't trust me. I trust you. I don't know. I thought you were going to put snakes in it. Every good podcast is made on a foundation of trust, you see. <laughs> is it really? <laughs> yes. I thought I was made on a foundation of, of blowing hot air for Bickering. two hours. <laughs> I thought that was the foundation. Um, anyways, these uh, fun little mystery, we're posting yeah. them as like YouTube shorts. Right. They're also on our Instagram and TikTok, but they're really fun. They're like under a minute. We sort of like go through and show you what's what's in these mis- mysterious boxes that you just yeah. shove in your closet, They're about apparently. one a day, and there's some real... There's some real traders okay. in there. So I found that there were like multiple sealed copies of Pokemon Heart yeah. Gold and Soul Silver, which in the comments people were like, oh, that's really valuable. And then you looked it up. And I looked it up and it was like $1,000 on eBay? Like, whoa! So you can, you imagine what? like that box had I, a lot of stuff in there, <laughs> and now it's like a box that's probably like worth like two to $3,000 at the very least. There's other stuff yeah. in there that's pretty valuable too, right. I think. And we were just going through the little the little thing we have over here. You have. Uh, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, you have uh, Soul Silver, which is sealed <laughs> it's as well sealed, over yeah. there. There's a thousand dollars in that cabinet right now. It is crazy what's happened to like the price of retro games and like certain Hooray. certain platforms like become retro and just like Boom. skyrocket yeah. in price. It's pretty interesting. Like that seems to be what's happened to the DL, the whole DS, DS. stuff. Yeah, so and the we box, have a lot yeah. of DS stuff. Yeah, the box yeah. today is labeled Wii PS3. Oh, PS3. Um, I think I've got Wii. more more interesting Wii things than, than PS3 to okay. be quite honest, but we'll see. Oh man, that's a that's a really long time ago though. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll look through that, and we're gonna we're gonna continue our little mystery unboxing series, right. which has been really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, you also have a little prop with you. I do. What's going on there? There it is. What's, what's happening? The Game Boy with the Game yeah, Boy camera. Yeah. Look at that. Wow. So you have this. You you got actually a new Game Boy for this well, Game Boy camera. Well, well, so this, first yes. you got the Game Boy camera because you were like, I want one of these. So I had I always had this original Game Boy, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> just oh, kind of okay. on a whim I got the Game Boy camera, camera. Yeah. because I never had one of those growing up, and I was like, oh, I got to see what this is all about. That seems that seems yeah. cool in a very retro so cool. kind of way. And then as I started fiddling around with that, I was like, you know, this this big chunky original Game Boy. Mm, not the best. Um, so I got a Game Boy Pocket, which I, I, that's obviously not what this is. Right, right. And, you know, that, that works well with this. That's kind of around the same time the camera came right, out. It's right. so much smaller than this. It is, yeah. Still the screen is, like, really tough to see. Mm-hmm. Like, only in, like, particular um, lighting can yeah, you maybe see it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we're going to do something really fun. Tomorrow we are going to hit the road into uh, your hometown. We're going to be tourists. We're going to be San tourists Francisco. in San Francisco. We're going to do like a, tur- a tourist photography thing with just the Game Boy camera. I think it's going to be really fun. It's going to be great. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to go around. We're going to take some very artistic Game Boy camera shots while showing you guys around some very famous San Francisco landmarks. And right. that's going to be um, a video that we'll post uh, next week. Yeah. We have been uh, hitting up some friends desperately who have an analog pocket mm-hmm. because it's like, well, we're going to take the pictures and we just need a clean way to get them off yeah. of the Game Boy. I've been doing some research and it doesn't seem like it's super easy. There are some, yeah, there's some solutions that are already out there. Yeah. But um, you need a dock. Right. You might need the analog pocket, which is actually a pretty cool thing. Like, I don't have one. Now I'm like, should I get one? <laughs> it's so cool. But all these, all these like new hardware. 
you know, things that are out there, they seem super cool, but it's always, it's like the play date where it's like, well, you order it now and, and you'll you get it. You gotta wait like four years You might now. wait, maybe in a year you can get I it. Know. It's like, need the instant gratification. I know, what happened to that? It's the, it's it. the supply chain. You can't have it. I don't even know if it's that anymore. It's just... What is it? I, I don't know. I mean, it's being like hand-assembled, like bespoke assembly. Maybe. Like a, with a Rolls, like next to a Rolls Royce or something. <laughs> it's like this, they're like stitching the leather yeah, by hand know. or what? Oh my gosh. Yeah, I know. So we'll, we'll try to find a creative way to show yeah. what those photos right. will look like um, in the video. I'm, I have like this vision Oh, I have an editor's vision of how I want this to look. Oh, really? And I've I've already been like poking around a little bit on like maybe some interesting transitions that I can use oh. to like go from yeah what the landmark looks like right. IRL okay. to what it looks like in the Game Boy uh, with the Game Boy camera. So we'll see. We'll see if this artistic vision comes to life. Maybe this is the next MoMA exhibit. You don't know. It could be I, wonderful. I could imagine. Like the look of the Game Boy camera is very, it's, it's very distinctive, iconic. Distinctive. Like I could yes. see that being an interesting MoMA exhibit someday. I think so like too. Like this person doing crazy things like with the Game Boy camera. Like they had that one exhibit where it was just like somebody from the 70s, they did it with like um, old like CRT television. Oh sure, yeah. And it was like a really cool display. So maybe there they could be one where they use like, I don't know, like 35 Game Boy. Yeah. And display like some sort of art. That'd be awesome. I'm not like... Yeah. A good enough artist to do that, but I mean, someone should. <laughs> I mean, the stuff you can do with the Game Boy camera is really cool. It is it's cool. just like the actual camera technology was not there. Right, right. Um, but how cool that it was like a thing that was thought about I know. by Nintendo yeah. in that time. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah. we're going to mess around with that. It's going to be fun. Um, all right. Should we talk about the time that you single handedly saved Evo and Nintendo? Yeah. I'm really playing speaking, with that. Speaking of CRTs, it's a good transition <laughs> a good from transition. that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so let's get started with our story time today. All right. Um, so let's go back to 2013. I had to go back and check what year this all happened. Okay, yes. Yeah, so so 2013, Quite a long time ago. 2013 Evo was the real fiasco where, yeah. you know, Evo had planned to have Melee there, but at the mm -hmm. last second, Nintendo had tried to shut it down. Right, right. And at first it was like, oh, no, we're going to stop the whole tournament. And then it's like, well, maybe we'll just stop the stream. And, you know, eventually they relented. And there was this whole other, like, charity component to it. Mm -hmm. It was one of the worst PR moments for Nintendo that yeah. I could remember yeah. during yeah. our time at Nintendo. And I think it's because, obviously, it was not great the way Nintendo was handling this kind of thing. But also that community is so vocal, right? And there's so much, so many like so much angst built angst. up, exactly. Right. So it just really like aggravated the situation into like yeah, I I agree with you. Probably the worst, one of the worst PR nightmares um, ever. And it just kind of came out of nowhere. Like it wasn't something that our team really had much visibility into. Right, it was right. very unclear like where these decisions were coming from. Yeah. It was just kind and of- who was doing the communication with the, the guys yeah, at Yeah, it was Evo. just kind of unfolding before our eyes. It's like, mm -hmm. what? What happened? Yeah, and then, you know- We got sort of, sucker we got, punched here. We got like thrown into the middle of it right. too, which was like very, not very ideal because then you're like trying to catch- Yeah, catch in, in hindsight, I, I think I can kind of string the pieces together of what happened, which was, you know, there probably wasn't a lot of communication between N Nintendo and Evo before, and, you know, Evo probably approached Nintendo very late about it. Yeah, and said, I think so. Hey, well, here's the things we want to do, and 
I think Nintendo maybe felt backed into a corner. Yeah. Which is they do not like they that just feeling. they just seize up and they it's do. like, it's like yeah. no, not happening, no. Yeah. And exactly. I can see how things devolved from from there. there. From yeah. there again, this is just my hunch of what happened. Mm-hmm. I have never. I still to this day don't exactly know what happened or who was involved in that or just how it escalated the way it did. Yeah. Very strange. Right, right. Um, who knows if those people are even there anymore at I, Nintendo? I, I don't know. It's been a long time. <laughs> right, so. right. And that, that whole relationship with competitive stuff that Nintendo does has, has yeah. also evolved a lot yeah. since then. So, yeah. I sh- so I should say like, I mean, I'm, I'm certainly aware of what Evo is. I am not the biggest Evo fan. Like, sometimes I'll watch it, you know, mm-hmm. casually, like, the last day and just, like, see what's going on. Just yeah. kind of for the spectacle of it. Right, right. Um, I like fighting games. I don't really like fighting games in a super hardcore competitive mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. So. Same with me. In, in a lot of ways with this event, I feel like I'm kind of on the outside looking into it. Yeah, yeah. But after that fiasco, like, it was just flat out embarrassing for us. Yeah. And I started... It just felt so out of you touch. You know, it's like some time passed and it was like, gosh, there's going to be another Evo. I, I wonder, you know, what, what are we doing to get ahead of that? Right. And I started asking around and it didn't seem to be on anybody's radar at all. Mm-hmm. And yeah. It, and, and again, like I could get no information about what had happened or who, who was communicating who, with I could, who? who I could talk to to try right. and see like what hit, what was proactively being done and it mm-hmm. was just nothing. Yeah. And I'm like this seems like we're just kind of slow motion careening into the same situation disaster again. Yeah. that we did before and which was like mind blowing to me. So out of not wanting to experience that embarrassment <laughs> which again like <laughs> I'm not personally embarrassed. I mean, but you but, do have to but deal I would with get it, asked though. by like friends of like, what happened with that? That sure sucked. Yeah. And be like, I don't, Sorry. I don't know. And they're like, shouldn't you know? Isn't that your job? And like right. PR, PR to like yeah. stop these things yeah. from happening. So I felt some like personal obligation. Some responsibility. So I was like asking around, I was like, it seems like nobody's really taking charge on this for some right. reason. Is it okay if I just investigate this a little bit, see what we can do. And mm-hmm. it, it was always just like, yeah, knock yourself out, buddy. Yeah, no one really supported. You didn't have any well, support. It was kind of like, well, just go do it. And if you find something out, then let us know. Whatever. Which was weird because in 2014, the following year, you know, that's when we had the first Smash Invitational. And that was really, yeah. at E3, that was really Nintendo taking proper steps into working mm-hmm. with that community and this was obviously months before then. Yeah. Um, you know, this was this was probably around like the start of, of 2014. Right. And it w- it was just weird how there seemed to be no plan in place or no sense of urgency to address this yeah. huge problem that we had. I think had Nintendo's thing with the competitive stuff too is if they don't have a hundred percent control over it, they don't want to be involved at right. all. And right. but it you can't do that because that community exists across all of these different events, all of these different, and, and, you know, it's not like just because you didn't have an invitational, these people aren't going to play competitive Smash. Right. So that's like the weird, like, disconnect, I think. Right, um, right. Yeah, which is a little unfortunate. So so I get kind of this unofficial, like, green light to kind of poke around on this and, and right. see what we can do. So I start asking people, people who would know, of like, you know, what what are the limitations of what we can do? Like, what were maybe some of the roadblocks that people ran into? Mm-hmm. And I, I got some pretty solid answers. Yeah. Uh, you know, there were just a couple things that we, you know, we didn't want Evo to do in relation to the game. 
And I'm not going to get into what those things are specifically because they pertain to like legal contracts. But there were some things that we needed Evo to not do. Right, right. Which is like, okay. And as I was being, as those were being explained to me, like none of them seemed impossible. That impossible. Exactly. Or unreasonable. It all seemed like, you know, reasonable people could find a way to to make this work. Yeah. If you both wanted the same end result, you know? Yeah. So it seemed, it seemed like if we could get agreement on these things, like we could, we could do this. Right. Um, which again, that's what led me to think like timing was just a major issue the year before. Yeah, exactly. Where it's just like, there just wasn't time to figure this out and get it done. Or anyone on, didn't have d- on the legal desire. On the legal side of things, that takes a lot of time. Yeah, that's A lot true. of back and forth as mm-hmm. we know. So, so, so I felt pretty confident on, on that side doing my research. And so then I started to think like, well, on the Evo side, like how do I have a conversation with them? Right. So I found out these two guys, the Cannon brothers are, you know, the founders of Evo. They've mm-hmm. since, they've since moved on. They actually work for um, uh, Riot Games now, that's making right, like a yeah. League of Legends fighting game. But I kind of looked them up and um, I sent them an email and I just sort of introduced myself of like, hey, you know, we don't we don't know each other, but, um, you know, I've been looking into this. I know what happened last year. You know, want to try and find a solution. And they were like, oh, yeah, let's let's talk. And I noticed on their little email signature that they're in a city called Los Altos, which is just like 20 20 minutes, 20 minutes south of our office in Redwood City, which I did not know. Um, So I really thought like, well. If this is going to have, if this is going to work, I might need to extend like an olive branch to these guys. Yeah, do like a little and <laughs> and not just be so person. like aloof and like and like you know at arm's length. I was like, I need to go and like see these guys in person and really like hash this out. So I suggest that it's like, hey, can I come by or do you want to come here? Can I come there? Like, it'd be best if you come here. We're kind of busy on some stuff, so so um, come see us. So I do. I drive out there. Um, they've got just this like big empty like really empty office space where there was like i remember it was like one desk there's two of them and just like two bean bags and like a tv with and, and like as i walked in they were just like playing fighting games which was like a great icebreaker because i think it was they were playing like tekken or something and i was like oh i used to work at bandai namco you know here's what i remember this, this yeah. anecdote about tekken we kind of hit it off right away and those guys are really cool yeah and they're like they're just fans but they are like super smart guys too they both they both went to stanford they're you know they're like now they're making games like these guys are like they're like legit on it so it wasn't like some like like some parts of like the fighting game community can feel a little slimy to me yeah and (laughs) that's played out with some of the stuff that's happened yeah these these two guys the cannon brothers were very legit Yeah, yeah which made me feel good um, so, you know, we started talking, uh, uh, it's like, well, you know, completely realize, well, you know, this thing blew up in our face last year. Um, you know, want to, you know, try and find a way to make it work this year. Um, and they were, and I, I wasn't sure what their reaction was going to be because they, they might've been like, oh, you know, you really, you know, screwed us over last year and we, you know, we're holding a grudge. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were very, they're like, yeah, we should, we should try and find a way to make this work. So... Very good so far. And we get into, you know, kind of, you know, the things of, of what we needed to have happen on our end. And again, I wasn't sure what their reaction was going to be, but mm-hmm. it was just like immediate. They're like, yeah, yeah, we can, we can totally. They're very reasonable. Do that. Because they were talking to another freaking human being for once. Right. So again, it was like 
gosh, there really must have been something unfortunate that had happened the year before for it to go so far down the, the wrong way that it did. Yeah, exactly. It's not like you had some crazy like diva on the Evo side who's like, no, it's my way or the highway. Exactly. Like, they were very willing to you know compromise and have a discussion yeah. about all this stuff. So um, we kind of you know wrapped up that meeting and you know Everybody felt, felt, felt good. really good about it, and yeah. you know went back and kind of you know started to make it more formal. And before you knew it, we had it all figured out, and you know, we were at that Evo. We went to that we Evo, to that, and it I went great. I remember, like, there was a lot of logistics around that, like getting all the systems there and all that. Right, so it was like a lot of organization. Right, right. And we were, we, you know, Nintendo was very, you know, once once we were in with that game, we were very supportive, and yeah, you know, really became like a like a multi year relationship between exactly. Nintendo and Evo. That sort of like started. Nintendo on the right path when, yeah. when they were participating at Evo. Right. That was the first year where it felt like okay, it it you know everybody seemed like we can make it work. There was compromise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now we're supportive. Um, Nintendo was supportive, and in the years following, I went several times, right. and we had like pretty big presence at Evo. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that really like set it up, you know, yeah, like yeah. that year. I, I only went that one year. You and I went and we did a Nintendo Minute with a bunch of the that players. Was fun. yeah. And after that, the, you know, the people at Nintendo are like, oh, wow, you really, like, you know, solved this issue. Like, right. do you just want to become, like, the lead for this going forward? And I said, absolutely, absolutely not. not. <laughs> so I handed it off to somebody in the treehouse who became, you know, very involved with the competitive play going yeah. forward. And I was I was very glad to not <laughs> be yeah. involved in that yeah. anymore. Um, so just one of those things where I was like, I don't know why... I was involved in it, but I'm glad not I was able to resolve <laughs> Saved it. this issue and not have it blow up in our face again. Do you think it's ironic that after you left, Nintendo pulled out of Evo? And no, I mean, Evo <laughs> had... I mean, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Evo had some of its own problems. problems that created its own undoing. And you know, now yeah. it's owned by Sony. Sony. Yeah. Um, so there's other reasons why... You know, I, think, I think it makes sense for Nintendo to not yeah, be there yeah, now. Exactly. But um, no, there was... There, Nintendo and Evo did have a good couple years. A couple years. And we were, I mean, I, I ended up having to be more involved because I was the lead for right. Smash. Um, and uh, yeah, in the years that followed, it felt like really legit. Like we, yeah. Nintendo had like a big booth there. We we did like real marketing, you know, we, we spent real marketing dollars to yeah. be there. You had the video from... Uh, Mr. You had a video from Mr. Sakurai, right? That's right. Yeah. There was a video from Mr. Sakurai. We we've announced characters yeah. there before. I remember I had to write that script for Reggie with a no John. With the no John, and then, <laughs> and then so we had to dumb. call him and tell him like so explain it. I had to, to explain him. what no John's meant. <laughs> but he delivered it so good, yeah, right? That, like Reggie's always uh, now he says it all the time. Now. It's, it's really iconic, cute. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like it, it became a place for like a legitimate place for like real fighting game. Like marketing reveals, right. announcements, and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And so that was cool for a couple of years. And then we, you know, we did those. We had those player profiles that we did like those yeah. docu series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were trying like new stuff mm-hmm. um, with the community. Obviously, there were some issues <laughs> that that uh, was not the best. But um, but you know, there was a stretch where like we Nintendo really like tried. You know, with yeah. with that community yeah. and like really, we really you know. Did did some some good partnership uh, there, but yeah, good run. Um, obviously, kind of a weird <laughs> relationship. Just I feel like always with that. Um, but yes, I, I think that those couple years at least was not as embarrassing as that one year when it was awful. So 
Not, yeah, it would be hard to top that year. I'm, I'm curious to see what Evo is this year. It feels like it's kind of the big first year back following, you know, COVID. pandemic years yeah. when they were, you know, they were doing things online. Mm-hmm. And it feels like this is properly there. And I'm curious to yeah. see, you know, what, what does Sony's involvement amount to? If, if anything, yeah. does it feel different? I don't know. Does it feel more produced? Or yeah. in, those, in that last year before the pandemic, it was like arena events. Yeah, it was nuts. Like crazy. Right. Like, I mean, like a massive sporting event or yeah. a, a con- like a, you know, um, a concert mm-hmm. or something like that. It really did feel just like so big. And, the, and compared to the, the Evo that you and I went to where it was definitely a lot more grassroots right, feeling. Right. It was just crazy to see, like how that show had evolved and how just like huge it got. But um, yeah, I'm curious to see what it's like now. Yeah. You know, first year back. Mm-hmm. But it's always fun. Vegas is always fun. There's always somebody for a few days. For someone, <laughs> Until there's it's always not. there's always someone that drinks like a giant the like sling Eiffel drink. Tower yeah. sling drink. There's always someone that stays up like four days straight yeah. at the blackjack table. You know, and then you're like, are you cool? Anytime like, <laughs> the drink needs to be slung to your body, you know, it's not gonna. Yeah. And well, like, oh, I drank this for three days straight. It's just like working working its way down. I'm like, ew, that's terrible. That's gross. You get three refills on that drink. I think, oh boy. Which does not seem. Oh good boy. Idea. But um, but yeah, like a weird, like an interesting atmosphere for like that type of event. Yeah. Like having it in Vegas, which was always just, it was always fun. You know. Yeah, there you go. Evo. All right. We'll see what happens. Um, isn't it, let's see, when is Evo again? Is it this week uh, or next week? August, so coming up. Coming up yeah. in like a week, so we'll, we'll keep an eye out yeah. for that. Yeah, mm-hmm. let us know if you guys ever been to an Evo, if you ever had a sling drink. Tell us, <laughs> <laughs> tell us in the comments. All right, moving on? Uh, yeah. Okay, let's this do is it. a fun Never a Minute segment. We are playing Guess That System. Right. So we have written three clues. Um, each of them get a little bit more revealing as to which system we want the other person mm-hmm. to guess. And we have, like, what, three systems each? <clears throat> three systems each. prepared. Three hints for each system. Um, I don't know how you're going to do with these, I'm going to say. I think mine are hard. Yours are hard. Mine for you are hard. Okay. One of them I don't know if you're going to get. At all. So we'll see. Wow. Should I go first? Please. Okay. Here we go. Clue number one for the first system. I made you see games differently, but it wasn't for everyone. Nintendo 3DS. No. No. Any other guesses? I'm not just going to... I'll do one one per hint. Okay. Yeah. I'm red and black and stand upright. Virtual boy. Yes. Yes. Not for everybody. <laughs> I thought that that clue could lead you down the 3DS path because yeah. it is like a like a thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The last clue was 3D, but in 1994. Oh, yeah. So you wouldn't guess 3DS Well, that's again. not hard at all. It's starting off a little easier. It's all okay. Right, all, right, all right, all right, all right. There we go. Uh, first one, here we go. The first prototype of this system that was shown was quite ridiculous. Genesis? No. Okay. The system's original controller was nicknamed the Duke. See, pe- people who are listening to this now are just like shouting it out. I have no if, idea. If, if you know what that is, it's, it's a slam dunk, obvious. Dreamcast, no. No. Uh, last hint. This is all that's standing between you and failure. Oh, no! 
know. This system introduced millions of people to the joys of online voice chat with strangers. Engage? What? No. <laughs> what? The Nokia? Engage? <laughs> no, it's the first Xbox. Oh, Xbox. Xbox. Oh. Remember, the, the first prototype they showed was this, it's literally a giant X. I do that not they had cobbled together. Wow. They, they had the massive controller called the Duke, which they brought back <laughs> for nostalgia purposes. It's like holding like a dinner plate. <laughs> and then they had Xbox Live, which it was All like, right. yeah, that was interesting, but maybe ahead of its time. Maybe not the greatest thing ahead of its time for people. Yes. All right. All right. That was rough good. start for you. Rough okay, start, let's start. go. Here we go. I'm a handheld that not many people have held in their hands yet. Playdate. Dang it. Ah. Uh -huh. These are easy! No! Come on! Well, what were the other two? Well, this one you were going to get. Cute, small, and yellow. And then... How is this hard? My signature is a tiny crank. How is this hard? You might as well just say it's... This is the play date. Hey! All right, here we go. You're not, you're not going to get this one either. Really? <laughs> this system... Here's the first one. This system is famous for being licked. <laughs> Again, PS1. people who know are shouting out. PS1. No. Uh, why game? Didn't someone lick a PS1? No. Here you go. Why game on the go when you can also watch movies? Which is the game? Which is the thing with the DVD Blu-ray player? Here we go. PS2. Game on the go. But here's the last hint. This system was supposed to dethrone Nintendo as the king of handheld gaming. Gizmondos? Come on. Gizmondo? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to dethrone the, the Swedish mafias. PSP. With... Yes, it's a PSP. Gizmondos. It's not the Gizmondo. <laughs> PSP. <laughs> PSP. Why are you? I was like, someone licked yes. it. I remember this video of somebody yes. licking um, it. Who is it? It was um, Jessica, Jessica Ch Chobot, Chobot. Yeah. who is wonderful, who we know. Yes. Famously licked a PSP. That's right. Which became like an early. I couldn't remember. I was like, it's definitely a PlayStation thing. I viral remember, internet moment. Couldn't remember if she licked a game or. Well, she a licked system. the system. Okay, yeah. she licked. And the then system. they had UMDs, UMD movies. Oh, that's remember those? Right. Those were lame. Yeah. Those were dumb. Yeah. Okay, here we go. <laughs> I'm so glad I didn't two for two. Whoo! You came close. Out. I mean, you did say Gizmondo, so you might have just lost. But Gizmondo. I just like saying the word Gizmondo. So you, you guessed. Engage and then Gizmondo. What's going on? I don't know. There's something. I just like it. What's going on in there? <laughs> I like it. Okay, okay. here we go. Ready? Yes. One of the few hardware that this company failed at. Oh, failed at? Uh, Vita. No. Uh oh. The colors kind of resemble an SNES. So gray and purpley. Think about the buttons, too. Well, those are also purple. You mean a Super Famicom? Yes, a Super uh, Famicom. Trying to think. You're not going to get this. All right, what's the last hint? Before they made iPhones, they made this obscure gaming system. Oh. So it's an Apple Not the Newton. No. It's not the, the Newton. Pippin? It's the Pippin. The Pippin. The wow. Pippin. Okay. That's a good deep cut. That's a deep yeah. cut. Yeah. You know that the Pippin is in this, in this like Swedish museum of failed products? 
Did you ever go oh, to that museum when no, you were in Sweden? That sounds interesting, though. Yeah, but they have this and like a bunch of other. Do they like, have a Wii U in there? Oh, should, Maybe we, we can don't, send them one. Donate one to them. That's so mean. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, the Pippin. Okay, wow. Have that, you ever played anything on a No, no, I had never have. I did have a Newton, the original Apple You did? Newton, I did have that. Really? And I did basically nothing with it. I, didn't, I never even touched a Pippin, but I would like to. No, I haven't either. I would, wow. like to, I would like to touch it. Well, that's definitely Not lick it, but the most it. obscure thing on, on one of these lists. So okay, well, there you, you go. I give you credit for that. Okay. All right, here we go. My last one. Okay. First hint. No, really. Why did they put the cable on the controller there? Placement of the cable on the controller is in a very strange place. Okay, keep going. This system was powered by Microsoft Windows. <gasps> Even had a little sticker right on the system. It's powered by Microsoft Windows. I don't know. All right. Those two are a little bit tricky. This one maybe, maybe will help you out. This system marked the end of an era. And that's your final hint. You you're speechless. Spit something out. I don't even want to guess because it's gonna be embarrassing. I'm gonna count to five. One. Xbox two, something. No, no. It's not. Xbox, it's the Dreamcast. The Dreamcast. Yes, yeah, the Dreamcast. So they have, you know, normally. Never had a Dreamcast. A, let me talk about this controller. <laughs> it's really like. I never upsetting. had a Dreamcast. It's upsetting. So normally on Why the controller, then when we saw cable controllers, the, ca the cable would come out of the top because that would lead directly into the system. Right. This one, the cable was on the bottom and you had to like fold and there was even a little notch for you to like tuck mm. it in. And it was like, why didn't you just have the cable? It would, it would just come out of there and be like dangling, be like feeling like really uncomfortable to hold. Why did they do this? Only Sega would concoct. I don't such know. Such a ridiculous controller uh, design. Sega. <laughs> uh, thought, yeah, obviously, I'm not a big fan of Sega. I love the Dreamcast. You I did? I owned a Dreamcast. I did not own a Dreamcast. It was the only piece of Sega hardware I owned. And then about a month later, they pulled that, the plug on it. I don't think a lot of people I knew owned well, a Dreamcast. Well, again, that's why. there's a reason for that. What is the launch title on Dreamcast? On Soul Calibur. That was that was the, that was the that put me over the top. What is it called? The, the, app, the killer app. The killer app. app? Yeah, yeah that was your. That was. was that was why. Yeah, a lot of great games on the Dreamcast. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. I've never had uh, one. So never, never one played it. out of three for you. Yes. Uh, and three out of three. That's pretty for good. Me. That is. Pretty you know good. your hardware. That is even the Apple Pip Pippin. The Pippin. The Pippin. All right. All right. All right. T tell us how you guys did in the comments. I'm sure you guys did better than me. <laughs> Um, games we are playing. The list is... Not bad, actually. It's a, it's a longer list. Um, why don't you start, actually? Because you've, you've got some interesting updates on things we haven't talked about yet. Why don't you start with Stray? Okay. I think people want to hear about Stray. I have been playing Stray, finally. It was something that I was already very interested in when I watched the PlayStation Showcase. And, yeah, I feel like I was a little bit late. I was, like, away, so I couldn't... Yeah get to the game and people had already been playing it and sharing a lot mm -hmm. about it and it already looked really good um but i'm loving it so far mm. it's so good um so obviously for you you guys who don't know about this game you play as a as a cat um it is sort of one part a kind of like a walking sim kind of thing you kind of like walk around 
this like dystopian ruined city, trying to piece together what's going on. And then there is a bit of like sort of light platforming. You're jumping, you're sort of, you know, you're doing some cat things. Um, there's also like some elements of like, um, like speed run, like you have to like run away from these enemies and it's like on a t- kind of like, you can't let them catch you. You have to like yeah. do all the, you know, do all the obstacles. So it's like, I like that, that it's very relaxing in the exploration parts of it. And also, of course, like a little bit like exciting too when you're trying to like escape or do the jumping puzzles and stuff. What they do really well is they really get like the cat mechanics. Right. Done. It feels, I mean, I don't know what, being a cat feels like I have a cat. I watch the cat, but like it does do cat things. Like it, you know, like when it jumps, it, if it's like jumping down from like a really high part, it does that thing where it like sort of sticks to the wall a little bit and then then lands. Yeah. You kind of feel the weight of the cat landing. Yeah, yeah. There's this part in the game. You guys, I don't want to spoil it, but like I think this was on the cover, so maybe I'm not spoiling it. But close your ears if you don't want to hear anything about this game. Um, you get this little backpack. On the cat for, for for reasons that I will not share, but like the first time you put the backpack on, the cat like flips out. He's like trying to like roll around, like trying to get the thing off of him. It's exactly what my cat would do if I try to put cat some... propeller. Do you get a cat propeller? You fly around <laughs> no, like fly an old around. cat. No, that's really cute actually. That would be cool, right? No cat propeller yet, um, but like yeah, and then like he, he kind of walks funny. Yeah, he's like trying to walk, but the weight of it is like throwing it off you know um so like little little details like that make it feel just like super realistic and it's just like i'm like i'm I'm a very smart cat but i'm still just like this cat you know um the story is very interesting like again you're kind of like in this dystopian city so i have a question about that yes when when that first trailer hit i was like okay this is cool that they have this game where you play as a cat i wasn't understanding the need for the setting does it make more sense? Like, yeah. does, does it does it feel like it's it's a nice addition? Yeah, for sure. Because it's like, why are you necessary? Why are you the cat necessary in this game? Because it, it seems like you could have a cat game in just current times that would be interesting and cool. Yeah, but I think this the storyline how it's unfolding. You're a very necessary part of the story, ah. so it makes you feel like you are special and needed. Oh, because in this dystopian, right? Yeah. I mean, you're a cat. It's like a cat. It's just a stray cat. It, it could be like, you, you could be just like, who cares about me? It was a stray cat. Yeah. But you like really care because, yeah. and the, the characters around you also really care because you can do things that they can't do and they need you. Mm. So that's where I think it makes sense. Um, so you meet different characters. I think they in the trailer they showed like sort of robots and stuff like that um, in this like dystopian. Um, city that you're in and and they they need they legit like they they need you to like do stuff for them because they they're they cannot um in the constructs of Mm. this world so the missions that you're on like the things that you need to do feel like not again like really necessary like oh if i don't do it they like cannot yeah you know so um so i i really like that like it feels like I'm here for, like, a purpose, even though I'm just a cat. <laughs> um, and it's really cute. You know, you do, like, little cute cat things. Like, you um, you could, like, rub yourself, uh, like, against the leg of somebody, oh, like, a cat does yeah. and purr and stuff. And they, they have, like, they get, like, hearts because they still feel, like, a connection to you, even though you're their robot and you're a cat. Yeah. And, and um, 
Yeah, and there, it's very heartwarming. It's a very heartwarming. I just did a part in the story where it was very, like, very sweet. And it's like, oh, like, this is an interesting way of seeing the world not through, like, a human's eyes. You're seeing it through, like, a cat's perspective and, like, these robots. And, but it's still, like, very sweet and really touching. The story is really good. Mm. And you're kind of piecing it together. You're, like, collecting these memories and... You're sort of trying figuring out, like yeah. as the story goes on, like what happened? Why are we here in the state? Like, where did all the humans go? Yeah, <laughs> you know, like what, like you know, what what actually happened here? Huh. Yeah. Now your impressions of this game are all fine and good, but stop bearing the lead. What did the what did your cat think of this game? My cat um, watched for a long time, <laughs> and like she was especially interested when I made you can you can press um, a button to make the cat like meow, yeah, um, and she really liked. The meowing. Oh. The dogs also were very oh, no. like, <laughs> intently. And you know, I have the big projector, so the cat is like yeah. a huge cat, yeah, you yeah. know? So they're all all of them are in the living room, like <laughs> perched and watching. She did try to like bat at it a couple of times, oh. like jump up on the wall yeah. to bat at it, but um, no nobody was like mad at the cat. Okay. So that was good. Yeah. And I, I did I re- read like extensive articles before playing this game and watched like a lot of spoilers to make sure that nothing bad happened to the cat. Because again, I, I can't stomach no, we, that. We solved this last episode. If it's a dog, something bad's gonna happen, but not to a cat. The cat sprains his tiny the little The cat is self-reliant. Sometimes. Very smart yeah. cat. It's like the smartest cat ever. So smart. Yeah. Um, but the cat is like nothing Nothing bad happens to the cat, okay. so that's good. I was happy to see that. There was a, there's part in the beginning that was a little traumatizing. Oh, no. But the cat's okay. Very good, though. All right. Really like it. We'll keep going. We'll probably beat it this week. Yeah. Did you sign up for the PS Plus tier up to to get this? I did it. You just bought it. I just bought it. It's only 30 bucks. Yeah. 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 You were talking big about upgrading your PS Plus. I know. I might wait a little bit longer for it. For what? I don't know. What are you waiting for? Just to say. See, I'm waiting for Bushido Blade. If they had Bushido Blade, I will will jump on that that day. They have a lot of games there. People say they're they're a one-issue voter. I'm a one-game subscriber. (laughs) (laughs) He has one Bushido Blade. Anywhere, I'll buy that. All right, all right, all right, all right. Uh, Uh, You have been playing. I I played a game. So I had this weird, like, in-between period because I was was playing Fire Emblem Warriors. Very clear I was not going to finish that. Right. Found a good stopping point. There's got these RPGs coming out that are getting me a little anxious. There's a lot. About what I'm going to do. So there's um, Live Alive and then Xenoblade Chronicles 3 comes out this week. So I was like, I need to find a good place to stop Fire Emblem. So I did. I okay. ended, I ended the chapter, saved it. It's like, I sure hope I'll be able to come back to this. I was still having a great time with that game. Right, right. Um, but I had this kind of one day before Live Alive came out. I was like, gosh, what am I going to do? <clears throat> and then I, I tried that Ask As Dusk Falls game oh, yeah. uh, on Xbox, which uh, we were both interested in. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm not going to be oh, able... Heavy rain vibe to it. I was it. like, I don't know if I was going to finish this game in the first place. So this is perfect for me to play for one night and just kind of get a little, little taste of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the thing that's most noticeable with this game is the art style. Yeah. Where the background and everything is moving normally, but the characters are kind of these like... It's like you took a photo of somebody and you uh-huh. put it through like a Photoshop filter to make it look like it's hand drawn. Yeah. But it's just stills of them while right. while everything else is moving okay. normally. That's a, interesting. So it's like they'll slowly kind of have some small it's motions. Almost like um, comic book pages. A little bit. But then like the background is like 
And yeah, and I saw I saw a lot of people saying they didn't like it or it made them feel like motion sick. Oh, I thought it looked great actually. I thought it was, okay. it's very unique. Very. I cool. remember when I saw it um, when they first announced that game. That was the thing that like I liked a lot about it. It looked really different. Yeah, and it had like kind of again like that storybook kind of yeah. feeling to it, which yeah. I think this is what this game is, is just very, like, right. almost like and, a... And we had said book. right away, like, gosh, this feels like a heavy rain or, or like a Detroit. And it turns out some of the developers came from Quantic Dreams. So oh, okay, that, well, that it's, makes it's sense. It's very much like yeah. that. Yeah, okay. So, you know, there's, you know, the story is happening and you are making decisions on how a character is going to say something or react to something. And then there's those kind of, like, quick time events where you need to, like, you know, Make a mash a button or move decision. it in a certain yeah. way to, to not, like... You know, have a poor outcome, and it's kind of like Detroit, where after each little story segment, you see this like branch, all the branching paths. Oh yeah! Of like, well, here's what could have happened, but here's what you did, and here's how many people. I love that. What percentage of people did the thing that you did? Oh my god! That's always really interesting. That made me like so regretful of some of my decisions. <laughs> I was like, I really messed this up in I, Detroit. Yeah. I was like. Oh, I messed up. I, I botched the end of Heavy Rain in a way that really, to this day, still annoys me. There was some QTE that I just totally, like, just like, ah, freaked out on and I that messed up. That was so scary at yeah. the end. I was like, my hands were, like, I know. sweaty. Anyway, so I've kind of an interesting relationship with those things. Yeah. Um, but this, I watched the end of Detroit yeah. in a horrible oh. way. Like, I was so upset with my ending. Anyways, well, the robots. The, but this one, you're you're not, you haven't botched it yet. No, hopefully. but the setting is, it's like, it takes place in the mid nineties and oh, there is a, there is a ridiculous musical callback. So it's, it's this family, it's like these, these two parents that have like a daughter and then there's like the grandfather who's on the, the road trip. Okay. Starts out playing a better than Ezra song, which was like, oh, I was like, wow, I have not oh. heard Anything what from this band? To them? There, you want to talk about the core memory unlocked? Oh like, man! Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> what is this? You're like transported to a I high know, school dance some, or like, something. Some like radio station, like <laughs> what? Yeah. So anyway, um, <laughs> so they're on a road trip, and then there are these other like teenage kids who are up to no good, and they get in over their heads on this crime, and then like the two of them like meet up, and you know it get it sort of devolves from there. Okay. Um, I like the gameplay. I kind of like the initial story setup. Some of the story elements felt a little predictable. Like, I kind of knew... What was going to happen. Like, the most obvious thing was what happened. It's no red herrings um, in this No. <laughs> so, I'd be curious to see what they do. I mean, I, I played only, like, the first chapter out of, like, six or seven. So, okay. I'd be curious to see what happens after this. Okay. But it was definitely interesting. It's on Game Pass. It's, yeah, it's free. I want to play it. And then there's also this other thing where pe there's like an app. So other pe if other people are watching with you, you can vote on what the I choices are. I suggested that we do that for our one-up club meetup. And you were like, no, I don't want well, people's decisions to taint my game. I was like, okay. I really have mixed feelings on that because I think, <laughs> I think it's a cool idea. For, but? Because that, that, like, people do like to just watch those kinds of games. I think it'd be fun. But if I'm the player and I get overruled... By like some troll like you, if you're like trying to troll me, to, I would never to do something I would dopey. Help you make a good decision. I'd be upset. I would help you make a good decision. That would be beyond a heavy rain situation. You'd be so mad. <laughs> I would be upset. You would so, be so mad. So maybe I won't be playing it that way. Although I'm glad it exists. Maybe we'll see more games like maybe that. Maybe we should play that it together like that, that, that way. in the future. And then we can make decisions. We need a third person to be a stalemate, 50-50 every time. <laughs> You're just going to choose oh. the opposite of what I choose. No, I won't. We're going to get nowhere. <laughs> I wasn't. I would never do something like that to you. Um, so that was cool. But um, eventually, so I did get Live Alive. I've been playing that since. Um, that continues to be very good. 
So there's like seven of these individual story mm-hmm. yep. segments we kind of you talked about. You played the demo and what that the, transferred right. over, so right? So everything transferred over. The, I went back to the kind of feudal Japan as the first one. That was okay. the one that was in the demo that I was liking that I wanted to go back and finish. So you did finish that one? I did finish that. Did the story pay off? Um, yeah, yeah. It had, it had a, a very clear... Because remember you said the demo ended on like a cliffhanger? Right. Yeah, it ended yeah. in a very abrupt place. Um, that one had a very clear conclusion that was good and interesting that I liked. After that, I was like, I want to do one that wasn't in the demo. I want to see what some of the other ones are. So yeah. I, there's one that's like set in prehistoric times. I saw that, Where it's yeah. like this like... You like know, a cave person. Cave people community. Yeah. Is there a um, woolly mammoth? That's my you question. Do, you do fight a woolly mammoth. <gasps> fight! Right. Oh, and it's it. also a baby woolly mammoth, so you might not like it. Um, I don't know what happened. Look, it it turned into a cloud of dust, is what happened. <laughs> and then I got a piece of meat. Why would you do that, baby? <laughs> was, times were different in the prehistoric era. I thought they were friends with the woolly no, mammoth. No, they weren't. <laughs> Based on what? But the th- so the thing that's Based cool about fun. this this one in particular is. Language did not exist, so there's no dialogue at all. So you're just silently playing this like. I mean, you can if you talk to people. Sometimes they'll like gesture, or like they will like there'll be like a word bubble, but there'll be like an icon where you're kind of getting the general idea of what they're trying to convey. Again, a big piece of meat. <laughs> People are motivi- <laughs> motivated by the big pieces of meat, like a cartoon. Okay, they just want to like eat. Turkey They're hungry. Leg. Yeah. Okay. You're right. All right. That's why they want um, a woolly mammoth. So that's very interesting and very different um, from the other ones. And I, I do appreciate that all of these seem very that's different. That's good. Yeah. I was reading up on what all the different ones are. There's one that sounds like, I want to do that one next. It's like a fighting game basically where you're just doing these one-on-one battles and the okay. way the game is presented feels a lot like a fighting game. Oh. So that's very neat. And I I ended up watching this video on like the history of this game, the SNES version which I was yeah. I was so interested in because I'd never heard of this game before. But I know, right? Again, people but now people are like huge fans really big of it. RPG fans knew all about it and had yeah. been wanting this. And yeah, they had kind of had like different dev teams working on all of these different Stories. Oh, that's weird. And then, like, they came together at the end or something? Yeah, so they had, you know, kind of the core idea of, like, well, this is going to be, you know... It's like, I'm the caveman. It's an RPG, but we want you to create these different stories, and if you want to kind of change up the gameplay, you can do that. That's kind of cool. So that's neat. Yeah, that's really cool. I got a really good look at what the game on SNES looks like in that video, and I would say, like, it's not super different from what it is now in this, you know, HD 2D version. I could definitely play today the SNES, the SNES version, version yeah. and be and be perfectly content with it. Right, right. But it doesn't exist. So this is literally the only way, unless you want to get some like, like fan, Japanese fan translation or, yeah. or something or learn Japanese. Um, so I'm liking this game a lot. I, I have really had the conundrum of like, gosh, when Xenoblade comes out, what am I going to do? I saw some people saying like, well, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna stop, even though I've been looking forward to this game. I decided I'm just gonna. See this through to the end. How many it, hours is it? It doesn't seem like it's crazy long as far as RPG really? go. It might be like 25 hours. That's too. Yeah, like that, that first story, the Japan one I did was maybe like five-ish hours. Okay. And they said that was one of the longer stories. Okay. <clears throat> so, yeah, I think... It's going to keep going. I think so, yeah. And then, and then wow. I'll switch over to Xenoblade. Um when I'm surprised because I didn't think this was a game that you were, when you were playing the demo, I think like, I thought you were just like trying it. I didn't think that was going to be a game that you're going to beat. So it's, it's interesting because, so the guy who is, you know, one of the lead developers 
was very involved in Final Fantasy IV, mm-hmm. which is a game I love. Right. And you can see kind of how some of these ideas got put into future games. Like, there's definitely some stuff that that went into Chrono Trigger mm. that came from this. Okay. It, it feels like a starting point for a lot of ideas. I see. Um, that you see in future RPGs. So it's interesting from that standpoint. Okay. Yeah. Well... There you go. Uh huh. You're going to keep going, and I'm going to play Xenoblade. The one thing from that video, though, that I thought was interesting was the person doing the video was like, "Well, there's no clear guide on what the name, how to pronounce <gasps> the name." Oh. So for live the purposes alive? of this video, I'm going to call it "Live Alive." <gasps> so at some point, somebody must have had a conversation of how do you actually say this name? And then they clarified. Live, live alive. And it's live alive. It's live alive. Yeah. Unless the Nintendo Treehouse has led me astray. No, Which they, they, would would, never, they would never. They would never. They would never be no. allowed to lead it. But that's very interesting that after yeah. all these years, people are like, um, don't I, really know how to say this. No offense, but I think Live Alive sounds a lot better. But It's know, a strange whatever. name. Yeah. Period. Live Alive so- sounds like it's more descriptive of the gameplay. Like right. you're living these different lives. These different storylines. I guess. It's not like, <laughs> I don't understand. Anyways, it's fine. It's not my know. game. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, great. I'm glad that you're having fun. I am digging into this backlog a little bit mm. because of our backlog yeah. conversation from last right. week that like destroyed me because I was like, gosh, there's <laughs> so many games. And then it didn't help because all in the comments from people were like, oh my gosh, you should definitely play this game in your backlog. I'm like, yeah. please invent a time machine Oh. or some sort of. But you have the time right I, now. I'm playing Delta Rune. Yeah. Because it's the shortest of the ones on it's, the list of games. It's quite short. Um, so, yes, I've made some good progress. And I'm like, wow, I don't know why I slept on this game for um, so long. But I finished chapter one. Now I'm like in the middle of chapter two. You're almost done. I'm almost Honestly. done. Honestly. Yeah. yeah. I really like it. It is, of course, just like Toby Fox masterpiece, the dialogue, the music, yeah. like. Everything is so well done. It's so charming, so sweet. There's definitely like some undertones that I'm like, I was telling you that. Dark. Very dark, and I'm like kind of dumb. Like, I'm like, I I don't know. What does it mean? What does it mean? Like, this this is, is someone's having some trauma, obviously. I'm not sure you're supposed to know exactly what it is. I don't think you are. I mean, the game's still more chapters. There's more chapters are coming. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, but there's definitely some, there's like this sort of obviously like some sort of sadness and, and, um, you know, something that this character is working yeah. for. Um, but but I really, I really love it. And um, yeah, the music is so good. I really like the music a lot. Yeah. So I've been, I've been enjoying that. And I think, yeah, I can, I can probably finish that up in the next day or so. In chapter two, I will not spoil this, but there is a kind of parody of a classic Nintendo game that I thought was like re- really incredible. Okay. Yeah. Which you'll, you'll, you know it immediately when it happens. Really? Yeah. Okay, I haven't gotten there yet. Wow, Toby. Toby. Oh, Toby, you've outdone yourself. You're a genius, Toby. (laughs) Oh, Toby. It's crazy that he just does it all. He's a very mysterious figure. I think he's Maybe we should ask our friends at 8.4 because they they publish publish those games in in Japan and probably know him pretty well. I'm like fascinated by him. He's quite fascinated. Through this this game. And then he he puts himself out there, but in this this form, it's almost like you're reading his diary or something. Right, and he's doing... Music for Pokemon games. I know, right? He's playing Smash Brothers with Mr. Sakurai. He gets around. But he's, but he's still he's very like, mysterious. He is. Yeah. What's going on, Tony? 
<laughs> Who's going to get to the bottom of this? Is it you? That, me? Or is it you? I don't think Toby wants to talk to me. going to show up on Toby's doorstep Hi. one day? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think he wants to talk to me. Um, I would love to get to the bottom of it because I think he's a genius. Yeah. Like, I'm, like, fascinated by all of it, you know? And, uh, yeah, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and then Xenoblade comes out this Friday. So you are jumping on, on. Fr- on Friday starting Xenoblade. I'm starting Friday Xenoblade day. Good, good, because we need somebody to talk about Xenoblade. Somebody will talk about Xenoblade and it's going to be me. <laughs> I'm going to finish Stray and Deltarune and I'm going to... Perfect. I'm going to start You can Xenoblade. absolutely be done with those. I, yeah. I think I've t- I've planned my... That's great. My gaming, whatever, yeah. my schedule perfectly. So I right. think I'm good. And then like, I guess I could also play... So you're um, not starting Persona 5 on Thursday night. No. I, I shan't be. Uh, <laughs> or like Rune Factory yeah. 5. <laughs> Just um, try this out. I, I do think that I can play as Dusk Falls at the same time as Xenoblade, mm. potentially, because they're very maybe. different games. And I can maybe take a little maybe. Xenoblade breather yeah. with like a chapter or two sure, here, here sure. or there of, as Dusk Falls. So. I mean, are we just going to have... Is it going to be like like Elden Ring was for us, where it was just like two months of, of all Xenoblade updates for the What We're Playing segment? It could be. It just depends on how, if this game oh, captures gosh. me. Is it going to capture me? We'll see. The other Xenoblade games have not captured so much. Yeah. I will like start really strong, and then I get kind of bored in the middle. No offense, people, to the Xenoblade fans. I really love the first, like, I don't know, 10 hours exactly. of the first Xenoblade. Yes, but yes. after that, it was hard for me to stay focused. Yes, exactly. And I, why it, is that? It's hard for me to put my finger on why. I have the exact same feeling. That same exact thing happened to me. I was like so, I was like, oh, this is the best game ever. Yeah. I'm so in. Like, I, I can't wait to spend yeah. all my time playing this game. And then like 10 hours went by. Yeah. And then I was like, I'm kind of like bored. Something, I, I, something I, I do need to do before I start playing is find some sort of a, video to catch me up on the story. I have no idea Real what's going bad. Can someone catch me up? Because yeah, I'm like, who someone are these characters? These are all new characters. Where's Shulk? What happened to Shulk? Yeah. Like, these people have, like, weird color eyes. of like, aliens. Where's like, Professor the- Susu? <laughs> where-, <laughs> where is Where's it? Mooie where is everybody? Where's Mooey Mooey? <laughs> totally don't know where Mooey Mooey is. Where is he? Yeah, seriously. I would like someone to tell me the story in three text messages. Oh boy, <laughs> three who, extremely who can tell long me text messages. Not, not, no. This is your challenge, people Slush out there. Out. People out there, tell in the comments. Tell me the story of, of catch me up in well, like that's a pair. lazy of you. Just tell me, people. Why won't you tell me? Watch a video. I'm sure there's all sorts of videos in like Just ten minutes. You can get caught up. Me. I guess you had Roger. Roger will tell me. Oh, Roger, yeah. I'll text him. All right. <laughs> All right. Anyways, that is what's going on. Next week, be prepared for Xenoblade updates, mm-hmm. for Live Alive, yeah. Live Alive, live, live, probably Living it. and Living. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, maybe the exciting conclusion of Stray. Wow. Great. There you go. Great. I want to do like probably. a spoiler of what? One of these days. Of Stray? No, just of like oh, of some of these games that we play because I want to talk about it with other people that have beat it. Like, do a spoiler warning? People get mad at me. Well, you don't me. always give people a spoiler warning okay. is the problem. No, see. but I also want someone to tell me like I, I need to have the conversation with someone else that's beaten a game oh, So like, you don't want me here. I see. Go away. I see how this is all working out. 
So this will be my last episode on the podcast. It's been nice knowing We're going to be auditioning yeah. for people to take kids' plays that have beaten Stray. Please submit your resumes oh, below. Oh, gosh. Um, just kidding. Okay, news. News time. The news news. Here we go. Okay. Uh, this first story <clears throat> was an interesting thing that got around. Not a lot of people were making a big deal out of it. It was a big deal to us. So there's a fella named uh, Takao... What? A fella? Takao Yamane. He used to work at Nintendo, left to become the chief business officer of Platinum Games. Yes. Um, now, we both had the pleasure of meeting Mr. Yamane when we were in Japan. He used to be Nintendo's head of licensing. Right. So anything yeah. third-party related, mm-hmm. that was his deal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And he is quite the character, I will say. He is quite the character. Yeah. So, he, so he's going to fit in just fine I over think at Platinum Games. This is actually Games. the perfect job <laughs> yeah. for him because... You know, Nintendo is very, cons- especially like Nintendo Japan, very conservative. And you can see he spent a lot of time, years there, 27 yeah. years. Like the longevity, kind of like once you go to Nintendo, you're I, kind of a lifer. I want a buddy movie of him, Kamiya, and Anaba just like Oh out. my God. It'd be like a stepbrothers-esque they're like an Osaka kind of situation. Just like like eating, somebody's getting a noogie, okay? Eating bun, eating eating <laughs> Some, five 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 yeah. harai buns and like sunglasses are strewn on different parts of your head. <laughs> There's like in the back yeah. and the front. <laughs> Block, just blocking people on Twitter nonstop, but somebody is getting a noogie. Okay? <laughs> Someone's getting a wet willy. Yeah. We had to were you at that I don't I can't remember if you were at this meeting in Japan. I was. Where he, I know exactly what you're talking about. Where he about. explained to us. He's like, oh, I know exactly. He's like, hey, look. We need some games that are a little bit gross. We need some games that are a little bit pervy. We need some. We need a little oh, bit yeah. of everything to, to be successful. I, I was like, is this like, actually happening okay. right now? I had a moment where I was yeah. like, am I being punished? After a very long day of like pretty boring meetings, really boring he just meetings. like kicked he, down the door and was like, hey, I'm going to tell you some he stuff. He was like, things need to be perverted, okay? We were like, oh, okay. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like. Really liven my day up here. I was like, he's not wrong, yeah. you know? Something um, for everybody. But very strange for, I mean, he said he worked there 27 years. Yeah, that's not, the thing with Nintendo. Not, not something you see in Japan. Yeah. Especially the, right. the higher ups. Like he was yeah. like the head of this pretty, you know, important department. Yeah, so. he had this quote, my resignation was very smooth. My desire to take on something new and what Platinum Games was aiming to do lined up perfectly. I can see and that, to be perfectly yeah. honest, I felt like my last company would be perfectly fine without me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know who's taking over over there. Sure, Maybe we'll find fun. out. Maybe yeah. we won't. Probably we yeah. won't. But it's cool. It's it's nice to see like, you know, somebody kind of almost like breaking tradition a little bit and and following um, yeah. his you know own career path and finding a place that he he could be happy at. So yeah, um, yeah. Best of luck to Mr. Yamane. It was yeah. a pleasure to meet him and thanks for uh, breaking us out of our meeting stupor that day in Japan. <laughs> I'll be honest though, I had been getting a teensy bit worried about Platinum Games like. I was like, are they going to go out of business? Because <laughs> oh, no. they, you know, they would have big games like Astral Chain or Bayonetta, but they seemed to be taking on some work that was like beneath them, like yeah, a lot of like weird true. license games. I was like, do they have money? Like, are they like, are they poor? Yeah, I don't, are I don't they know. like scraping the bottom of the <laughs> so, barrel or something? You know, this is his job, chief business officer. Yeah, get, get some business going. Cash flow. Get that business yeah, going. So hopefully, I won't need to worry about that. Anymore. I think they'll be all right. Okay, I think they'll Good. be all right. Uh, we're good. This next story is interesting. Yes. Minecraft just put out this very proactive, very long declaration Mm -hmm. about how NFTs have no business in this game. There are no, no. Yes. Yeah. And 
there had been some groups who were kind of, I think, planning maybe to potentially integrate NFTs, not not Mojang or Microsoft, but right. these outside groups like, oh, maybe there's a way we can implement this in yeah. Minecraft and you know have this kind of marketplace around it. And they, I, I mean, they frankly, came I out and basically shut it yeah, down. I don't know how extensive if there were a lot of groups or how persistent they had been, but obviously, you know, Microsoft must have felt it was a significant enough issue to put out this statement. Yeah. And I just sort of screenshotted this one part of it that I think really, very eloquently actually sums up their position and is mm-hmm. frankly a position a lot of other games could take too. So yeah, yeah. I'll just read it. Each of these uses of NFTs and other blockchain technologies creates digital ownership based on scarcity and exclusion, which does not align with Minecraft values of creative inclusion and playing together. NFTs are not inclusive of all our community and create a scenario of haves and have-nots. The speculative pricing and investment mentality around NFTs takes the focus away from playing the game and encourages profiteering, which we think is inconsistent with the long-term joy and success of our players. Yeah. I mean, as somebody who often had to write statements like this, I think this is like perfectly This is very stated. well done. It gets the point across, it's clear, and it really makes you understand the core value of Minecraft that they will not compromise, right. which I think is really, it's really good, yeah. you know? And yeah, and I think like this idea of like profiteering off of somebody's creativity and then like that person that created it could potentially lose yeah. um, lose that, you know, what what we've seen with NFTs and like artists and things like right. that, like to protect them and to be so proactive in protecting their community is really like bravo for them yeah you know and also I mean, it's it's really not about having fun in a game it's about Making like they money. say speculation and and investing yeah and i think i feel like that's an issue that a lot of you know these these kind of newish companies that are you know focused on this technology or, or you often see in mobile is like they have a big idea around monetization but they don't really have a creative idea for a game at all right right so it's like Clearly, it's like a weird backwards way of going own, about. Yeah, it's completely backwards. So it's yeah. like your only goal here is very, you know, in a gross way to make money. Yeah, and you don't even care if people are, are having fun or if there's a fun experience attached to it. Right. Right. So exactly. I'm not I'm not surprised that they took this approach because Phil Spencer had that quote of a couple of, you know, months back where he was basically saying this. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's good to make it very clear and official. It's significant for them to put it out so clearly and so yep. significantly because, mm-hmm. I mean, Minecraft is like, you know, I think Minecraft and Fortnite are probably the two biggest, biggest games, games in the world. Yeah. And I think that this mindset could, you know, be adopted by a lot of other companies and games who yeah. are just saying, like, no, not interested in this. Yeah, and there's, like, so many companies that are so gross with the NFT stuff, yeah. too. Like, we saw that weird GameStop thing that they did. Oh, yeah. It was horrible. Like, <laughs> really horrible. So, like, stop it. <laughs> don't do that. Right. You know? Like, like, don't. It's just, it feels just like, yeah, like, you know, it feels like yeah. really gross. And again, the people who are very pro-NFT often don't have a lot of experience with games. Right. Or experience making games. Mm-hmm. And again, I think that speaks to the fact that they honestly don't care. It's just like yeah, just about the a get-rich scheme. scheme, yeah. Yeah. So I wonder if any others will see this and follow suit if they were on the fence mm-hmm. or afraid to say something yeah. that's so cut and dry. Right. On the flip side, I saw Square Enix has a whole lot of NFT initiatives that they're putting out there. That's what they said. Those all look terrible. They look bad. Yeah. yeah. So it's either um, it seems like it's either like you get 
you're getting distracted by yeah. this I'm really money-making scheme. I'm really curious to see how far they try and take that because it's yeah. very clear that fans are not going to be, they're not going to be quiet yeah. about their yeah. distaste for right, it for right. sure. Um, okay. Uh, last uh, Nintendo story Live. is a cool one. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, and in, um, in Japan, Nintendo's bringing back Nintendo Live, which is a sort of big a fan, fan event. event. Yep. Um, so it's going to be in Tokyo. It's going to be... Uh, do I have the dates? I think it was kind of a, near the, the end of the year. Mm-hmm. But they're going to have... Usually it's in October. Yeah, I, don't I think, think the, it was October-ish. Yeah. Um, tournaments, playable games. So they're going to be a Splatoon 3, Smash Brothers tournament... Um, Switch sports tournaments, um, stage events. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we went to... Concerts. Concerts. We went to Nintendo Live in 2019. It was amazing. When it was in Kyoto. Yeah, so, so fun. Yeah, a, a bunch of us got invited by our friends in Japan to, yeah. to, to see it. I think there's something they're very proud of. Yeah, it is. they should and be. It's awesome. <clears throat> it was a really special um, experience. So fun to see them getting back to it. Um, yeah. Just, you know, and hopefully another step back towards some sense of normalcy with yeah, events. And exactly. Yeah, I mean, we were watching also Comic-Con unfolding. Yeah, uh, seems like this weekend, that felt like felt a like an ordinary Comic-Con event. Comic-Con. got, like, the Hall H going, the whole announcement stuff. It's great. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it, feels, it feels like it's getting... It sounds like they're taking some precautions for the pandemic. There's going to be a lottery. Yeah, they said people will be chosen by lottery. I don't know how that's a pandemic... Uh, I think they just limit the number of people, but uh, they need to find a way to choose the, the limited okay. numbers in a fair way. So that's probably why the lottery system. All right. So you can like apply to probably be in the lottery and they probably choose like a yeah. smaller amount of people. Yeah. It was very well attended when we were there. Yeah. The big convention center in Kyoto. Um, they had like lots of, you know, obviously game gameplay things, but lots of cool photo ops. This is where Concerts we attended the Squid great. Sisters concert, which was no joke. So cool. The loudest concert I've ever been to in my life. I know. And there were people <laughs> with the neon There were like neon. little kids in like the first row just getting blasted bla- obliterated eardrums from this the, concert. The headphones. I couldn't yeah. believe how loud that concert this, this sounds cool. They have um they've chosen Animal Crossing New Horizons and Splatoon three for the concerts. Oh we're to, we're absolutely getting a new Squid Sisters uh, hologram routine. Oh, that's so cool! Yeah, yeah there's going to be, there's definitely going to be that. But I, I want to see the Animal Crossing because they had, they had that too at the very briefly. They had a little yeah. brief KK Slider yeah. moment right. that was very sweet. Mm-hmm. It was like before the game came out. So yeah, it was like yeah. a pre thing. Right. Um, yay! How exciting! I'm that so happy exciting. for them. Yeah. That's really really cool. Yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, all right. That's the <clears> end of the news. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, on to questions from our wonderful Patreon community. Every single one of our questions are sourced from our Patreon community. So if you join, then you will get the chance to submit your question, and we might answer it on the show. And we also do bonus Q&As every week as well. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, here we go. All right. Uh, question Brooke the first. Obscura asks, if you could have one more game released on a classic console, which game or console would you choose? For example... Another Mario game on the N64, another Metroid game on the SNES. So initially, I think I misread what this question was about. Okay. And it's like, going back in time, like, would you want Super Mario Bros. 4 to be released on the NES? Like, a a, a game, one more game on a platform that did not actually exist. Okay. Yeah. Um, hmm... 
I don't know why, but I, I think the the platform, or I'm sorry, the console that I'm choosing, I don't know why my brain went there immediately is GameCube. Okay. And I'm and I'm trying to think about which game. Maybe another Mario Kart game on GameCube would be kind of cool. Okay. What about you? What are you thinking? <sighs> Maybe it's just because it's been so long since we had a new game in the series. Another Wii Metroid Prime. Oh, Metroid Prime okay. Form on Wii. Metroid Prime Form on Wii. As I mean, it seems to okay, be where I that see. series is going with the motion controls and the and the good, you know, yeah. the point pointer aiming. Yeah. I think another going back a long time. I think maybe another Castlevania on NES could be really great. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, Castlevania Three was so interesting with all the different characters you could play as, mm-hmm. and they kind of. And I feel like I didn't love like Super Castlevania on SNES as much as I love some of those NES Castlevania games. So maybe. For me personally, that would be cool. Okay. Yeah. All right. This is an interesting question. It's a, that is a very interesting, like, what if kind yeah, of question. Yeah, I like it. Uh, Courtney asks, was there ever a time where you were working at Nintendo where you were extremely confident you knew exactly how consumers or Nintendo fans would react to a newly re- released game or big announcement made by the company, only to be proven wrong by a completely opposite <laughs> out-of-left-field reaction instead? I have... Immediately, I knew what my choice for this would be. And? It's the 2DS. I oh. thought the 2DS... So remember, it was a real struggle with the 3DS for those first couple years. Yeah. And I was like, wow. The 2DS is going to Blow completely out of the water. Like, make this a 180. From here on out, this is going to be a huge hit. There's a lot of people who were worried about the 3 just like, like little kids who, you know, they used to play so many handheld mm-hmm. games, they couldn't because their parents are freaked out because their eyeballs are going to melt out. It's like, no. <laughs> all of our problems, it's at a great price, all of our problems are going to be solved. And it's that like form smooth, factor was very strange to Smooth me. sailing from here. And it did fine, but it did not. No. It was not a smash hit. No. Yeah. Family of systems, though. It became the family of system. The, <laughs> the family 2DS is growing. It looked really weird. A I new addition to the Nintendo 3DS family, family of systems of has system. arrived. It's like we have something at every price point. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Did you feel that way about the 2DS? No. Oh. I was very like skeptical about the 2DS, actually, because oh. I just felt like, why bother? All right. You can turn the 3D off. It's not a big deal. It's not that much cheaper than the 3DS. Oh. You know? Right. Um, let's see. Hmm. A game that completely... Well, I, I would say there's definitely games that we thought weren't going to do as well that do very well. Yeah. Like Fire Emblem Awakening. We've talked about that before. Um, and like those big sort of phenomenon type situations like Animal Crossing. Right. You know, where right. it's like, well, this game is probably going to be fine where there's a huge fan base around it. But then you capture like the crazy lightning in a bottle kind of effect because of global pandemics happening and no one can go anywhere and yeah, the only place they can yeah. go is on people's islands for animal crossings so yeah, yeah there are definitely those moments as well yeah okay uh captain alex has our next question what's the most exciting or interesting place you've oh. ever played nintendo switch and is there some place you've played it that you think no one else ever has oh i'm looking at you chad playing on top of mount kilimanjaro that was a great photo we'll, we'll explain who chad is after i finish yeah. the question when I was still flying. So Captain Alex used to be a pilot. 
So cool. Um, I played in the flight deck between flights, and while I'm sure I'm not the only one to ever do it at this point, we're definitely a small club. That is awesome. I want to know what game Captain Alex is playing. Yeah, and if you're listening uh, on audio, Captain Alex has a picture of him from the cockpit. So cool, Captain Alex. I love it. He's got Um, Animal Crossing on the screen. It's perfect. I love that. So Chad... I know Pilot Wings. ...who Captain Alex mentions uh, is uh, Chad, who used to work with us at one of our agencies, Mm -hmm. who... As stated here, went to Mount Kilimanjaro. Climbed, climbed all the it, way to the top of Mount Kilimanjaro. Played, played Nintendo Switch. Played Nintendo Switch. That was kind of a thing for like the first year or so when yeah. Switch came out. I was like, what's like, the craziest, what's the craziest place? place I can do this? Yeah. Maybe uh, inspired by Karen's rooftop party <laughs> from the video. I don't think I have a great answer for this. I don't know if I played it at a crazy place, but I've definitely taken it with me, you know, everywhere I've went. Yeah. So, like, when I was on a sailboat in the middle of the Bahamas alone, there was yeah. nothing around me, right. literally for, like, miles. I was playing, like, Metroid, yeah. you know? And that was pretty cool. Or, like, my other favorite thing that I like to do is I like to pick a game that is, like, related to the place I'm going to. Um, so, like, if I'm going on a beach vacation, I want to play, like, a summer-feeling yeah. beachy game. Right. So, like, you know, I think I was playing, like... Um, a game like that when I was in Thailand or something like that. Yeah. Um, you were playing like Okami when you were in Japan, which that's was true. really nice. That is so true. They had that like yeah, vibe. Yeah, I had a view of like a Zen garden. I was playing Okami. All right, that's that's an interesting one. Yeah, so I, I do like that because it, it definitely, you know, you're traveling, so you have like this nice immersion and then yeah. you take your, your games with you and you can kind of have a, an experience alongside yeah. um, in, in the game that you're playing yeah. as well. We did work on a series. Um, it's called Sights and Sounds, oh, which yeah. we'll talk about in greater detail some other time. That but was the idea was that, of that was matching like games and the experience of those games with the to location. The environment. So yeah. we did one where somebody hiked up a mountain Breath to like the, the top wild. of the mountain and played some Breath of the Wild. Yeah, um, and we did a couple versions of that. You can check those out. We'll talk about those more later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are fun. Um, Frulio. Ask previously you mentioned how you had to work long hours at Nintendo. Was this a regular occurrence because the nature of marketing, or was this something that all departments of Nintendo experienced? What are your best and worst strategies for managing stress levels? What's your worst strategy for managing stress? My worst strategy is just to not manage it at all and just keep working like a maniac, which is I do not recommend that. Um, I'm not sure if it was all departments. I do think the communications team... It was not all departments. Yeah, it is especially... And I think communications teams across a lot of different companies yeah. do yeah. have this issue because it's kind of like when they say it's like always on, which I hate right. that, that phrasing. It's like, ugh. But basically kind of is, that's the truth of it, is like the internet, especially with like the internet, like no one's going to stop talking about it. Like stuff is going to keep happening like 24 hours right. a day. So you... If there's something that you need to do something for, it could happen in the middle of the night, it could happen over the weekend, so it makes it challenging for, yeah. I think, you to, like, completely turn it off, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so that that was tough, and then I think we talked a little bit about the, um, the global nature of our jobs and having to work with Japan and Europe, so you're constantly just getting emails and, and you know, people are asking you questions, like, tw- like literally yeah. 24 hours a day, you wake up and it's like 55 emails right. later. Um, so that was, that was very unique to Nintendo, I think, because it was so global. Uh, but yeah, it wasn't great at times. 
Um, <laughs> what was your best strategy for throwing your well, phone this out was, I mean, this was something we both experienced. So, you know, when the pandemic hit and we started working from home, yeah. we, you and I both really started having a bad habit of really working habit. after hours. Yeah, and you and I bad. were like, I am back and forth while we it's were like working. Nine o'clock at night. But it was kind of like a daily occurrence of yeah. like, you know, I don't know, like seven thirty to nine. We were just like continued working. Yeah, the schedule wasn't good because you wake up, you work from like nine to five or six, and then you take a break for dinner and you just yeah. keep working. Yeah, so it's it was not terrible. good. And we did that for I don't many know, months. I don't know why we fell into that. I mean, obviously habit. there was a lot to do, and I, it obviously had something to do with us working from home. But I remember we got to the end of that year. And I we was we like, did it all the way through to from March until Christmas. December. Yeah, and we were like, "Why are we doing this?" And then I was like, "This sucks. We like, we're stop. never doing this again. Yeah. We have to stop." So we just kind of made a concerted effort. Like, we're just not going to do that. Yeah, we stopped. And, and I felt better. Kind of, a it's like bit I think it's going to be okay. And so we just stopped doing that work, and it was fine. Yeah, it was completely fine. It was completely so that's fine. that's. I you think like the hard thing about it is setting own... personal boundaries mm-hmm. because a company is never going to say, hey, work less. Or a company no. wants you to do as much work as possible. Yeah, they're going to bleed every drop out of you. So yeah. it's up to you to set your own And we saw boundaries. a lot of people who had really unhealthy work habits, like yeah. all night, every night, yeah. and, and all week, so weekends. And they were unhealthy, too. And like would just would... like expect a response at the drop of a hat mm-hmm. at weird hours. Or they'll give you like the most ridiculous deadlines. Like they'll send right. you something on Sunday and say, you need to respond by 9 a.m. on Monday. Yeah. And you're like, <laughs> what now? Right, right. <laughs> Excuse me? So I think that's the hardest yeah. part is like, how do you set a personal boundary yeah. that obviously, you know, works with what your the expectation of your job is, but yeah. is going to... Get, make you have a healthy relationship. Yeah, you should with your not job. do that. Yeah, that's not. Right. It's not good. And, it, and again, it was completely fine. Like this was a, a construct that we had created for in ourselves. Our, like, oh, mind. if we don't, if we don't do this work every night, it's, it's going to fall, fall apart. apart. Right, and it absolutely did. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah. exactly. Uh, Link has a question about Hyrule Warriors. Believe it or not. Oh wow! Would you want Hyrule Warriors three to be more like the original and feature characters and locations from all across the series, or more like Age of Calamity and expand on the lore of a specific game? I really like this question. I like the second kind, like Age of a Calamity. Single game. A single game. Yeah. Because I think that's what is cool about three, the the uh, Fire Emblem Hyrule Warriors that you're yeah. playing, because it's like. You were saying that it just feels like a continuation of that storyline. Right. And that's what I liked about um, Age of Calamity as well. It's like, oh, like now I get to actually like learn more about this story. Right, so right. the action, while the action is very fun, doesn't feel like as pointless. I, yeah, I agree. I liked Hyrule Warriors, the original, quite, yeah, a, quite yeah. a bit. But there were some parts of it that just felt like they were clashing to me of like all yeah. these different versions coming together and they had to introduce these new characters to mm-hmm. kind of build a story around that and they felt a little bland. Linkle? I like Linkle. I like Linkle too. Bring Linkle back. Um, whereas having a set storyline and a set group of characters that you already have mm-hmm. the right associations with I think is really smart. So we'll see what they do with these, you know, whether it's Hyrule Warriors or other Warriors games in the yeah. future. I can understand the desire to just say, throw it all in. Yeah, yeah. That might be Uh, a different kind of game, though. Right. Yeah. But now we have two great examples of this model working really well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mad Dog 5981 wants to know, what game were you most looking forward to that was in active development but was never actually released? 
One that jumps oh. to mind was Donkey Kong Racing, which had even had a screenshot shown on the box of the GameCube at launch, but never came out. Another one, allegedly, is Halo DS. Hmm. Do you have one of these? Let's see. I'll think about it while you answer. I do have one. What is it? Which is uh, Mega Man Legends 3 oh. for the 3DS, which was going to be one of the first eShop games when the eShop was announced. Yes, I and remember that. And there was you know, artwork shown of it, and it was just one day, <laughs> canceled. And it was a bummer on, t- on two levels. On one level, I love Mega Man, but I actually haven't really experienced the Legends franchise of Mega Man mm-hmm. that much. Yeah, yeah. That and, would have been an easy way to do that. And I was like, gosh, this will be a great way for me to you know, kind of fill this gap in my knowledge. And that was gone. And then it was also the early days of the eShop on 3DS were really shaky. They were pretty shaky. <laughs> really yeah. shaky, where there were just like no games for long stretches of time. So yeah. kind of from that standpoint, like more, more related to our jobs than our personal feelings, it was like... This Get is something a, out there. This is a big blow. Like we were all kind of banking on this being the big like... And it was like a hey, IP that people were familiar yeah, with. Check out the liked. eShop. It's awesome. Yeah. We got this exclusive game. And then it's like, oh, we got nothing. Oh, no. Yeah. You know, I think about those tech demos that we had for, was it for Wii U? Oh, yeah. And there was one yeah, yeah, yeah. that was a Zelda tech demo. The one with the fancy graphics? Yes. Oh, yeah. Where he's like walking through what looked like maybe like a Temple of Time right. or some sort of church looking building. But the art style was really different than any other Zelda yeah. game, and it was, you know, definitely right. like fancy and, and high res. That big spider-looking thing. The big spider. The spider like was a little scary. Yeah. It, it definitely had like a Twilight Princess sort of like that darker Zelda mm-hmm. vibe to it. Right. Um, I don't think it was ever intended at all to be a game, but it, it would be cool to like know what it would have been like if that was intended to be a game. Mm-hmm. You know, to see that kind of yeah. like style of Zelda, which we ne- we've never seen, really. Yeah. yeah. So Back to um, Paper Mario. We get a lot of questions about the version of Paper Mario that was at E3 2010. Yes! And I think, yes. We, I think we addressed it once, but we keep getting questions, so we might as well just bring that up again, where at that E3, there was a lot of just, like, little snippets. Yes. Whether they were demos or just, like, examples. Right. Or tech demos. Mm-hmm. And there were, I remember there was a Paper Mario in a forest with, like, a wiggler. Yeah, that's right. And that was kind of what it was. And obviously, the 3DS game for Paper Mario was Sticker Star. This was not not Sticker Star at the time. I don't don't know. I don't think this was ever intended to be a full-on game. It was just like, here's an example of what Paper Mario could look like on the 3DS. And it looked great with the 3D. It looked cool. I think it was just to show off the 3D. Right. Because there were a lot of things at that E3 that never... Saw the came, light of day. Came to fruition. And yeah. that sometimes had real franchises associated with it. It was just the little, yeah. little taste. Nintendo seems to like to do that with their tech demos, is that, of course, they'll put it within the constructs of a familiar franchise, and yeah. people can like wrap their heads around right. it. Right. Um, but yeah. yeah. That, Obviously, that, that could have been a better outcome than Sticker Star, a more traditional. Oh my gosh, Sticker Star. <laughs> Let's not talk about that anymore. Uh, Mikey! Mikey! I'm currently cleaning up my room, and among the many unnecessary items I have are boxes of different game consoles that I save purely for sentimental reasons. Oh. But they are taking up too much space in my room. Do you guys save the boxes after you open your consoles, or am I just weird? Well, I think you and I have very different 
answers to this because I will probably just get rid of the box right away. I mean, knowing you, you probably throw out the console too. So it's this lame. <laughs> just throw it away. Oh my goodness. I mean, at least don't. You seem to it. take a lot of satisfaction in, in like violently throwing something away. It feels good though. It feels okay. purgy. Like you're purging. Great. Um, I do not keep boxes. No. Sorry. You're you don't really, you don't really have space for them, to be quite honest. I don't. I don't. I don't. I have started to be better with getting rid of I don't boxes to, like yeah. this. Um, I used to do this. Is there times where it's like, oh gosh, I wish I had this. I wish I had that. Those console boxes though are really big. Yeah. And, and kind of unwieldy. It's like, what exactly am I holding on to this for? Mm -hmm. I guess if you wanted to resell it. You can package I think it back up. Yeah, I think yeah. that's always what my mindset was, but now it's like, no, I should just hold on to the consoles and just dump the boxes because I'm yeah. not going to resell them. Yeah. Like some of these things still serve a purpose. Like my original PS3, which was a launch PS3. Is your Blu-ray It can player? play, no, it can play <laughs> all these backwards, like th that backwards compatibility. Oh, the backwards compatibility. There's no other PlayStation system yeah. that has it. So if I do want to play Bushido Blade, I could... I could, you have that system hooked up still? No, oh. I could go to the trouble. See, I haven't. That's the that's the issue. Go to the trouble. Of you're doing not it. gonna do it. But I could if I wanted to. But you're not gonna. One day when I reach my breaking point with this PlayStation Plus, and they what is the what are the consoles you have hooked up right now? Um, so all the three current ones. Uh huh. You're gonna get upset with me for saying I'm this. Definitely, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at you right now. I want you to out yourself. Um, Say it. I oh, do. Were you hooked up? I did hook that up and the Wii because when we did when we did our listen when we did our Wii Sports video I had to get all of those because we needed those yes but we and not, I was like well, I actually do have that video space a long time ago. under the TV where if I wanted to play Wii just Sports have, if randomly I, if for for some reason if I just wanted to have that available I could. I can't say I've done a lot with them. I might be putting them. What do you care if it's in a box or if it's under a TV? What's it to you? Just, Throw it down the dumpster too. That's I'm what you think. I'm just wanting to understand your habits because I think they're. I'm going to understand your habits. My habits are very modern. Because again, whenever there's something we need for a video, oh, we need to find this thing. Who has it? You always say, I threw that away. <laughs> and you so gleefully <laughs> say it. That's not what I say. Yeah, we can't do what we want to do because I threw it away. <laughs> I've never said that. That's awful. I got these boxes, which you're accusing me of stacking. Of you, stacking the deck of these you boxes. Stacked it. I didn't accuse you of that today. You're accusing yourself of you, it. You had to bite your tongue because you knew it would set me off. Well, guess what? I'm set off now. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Look what you've done, Mikey. You're How dead could you? Mikey. <laughs> All right, moving on. God, Piano Psychopath. <clears throat> yes. Sometimes Japanese titles get very different names, like Triforce of the Gods instead of A Link to the Past, or Effie Windflower, Snow Moon instead of Three Houses. How, how involved was Nintendo of America in choosing the English titles? What about my favorite? Bravely Default, Flying Fairy. <laughs> or after you beat the game the first time, a new title. Um, so we were not involved in this. No. But this was a job for the localization department. Yes. Who would, they would do all this. Yeah. So they were extremely involved. Yeah. They would do more than, I mean, they would localize obviously everything. Right. But um, yeah, they would look at a lot of different factors like cultural references right. or, you know, how it would, how a U.S. audience would react to it and mm -hmm. then choose the title that makes sense in our market, you know, yeah. in, in the U.S. market. Yeah, yeah. I think Triforce of the Gods would not have done as well. You always wonder how, like, 
if you approach the developers like, eh, I don't think this title you chose for Japan is going to work for us. Like, what was the? Were they ever like annoyed at that, so. or they have to like, you don't know, this is my vision, you need to keep it. I yeah. don't know. We never really learned yeah, about that. Yeah, I don't think they would. I think they would just understand because they. I mean, with the localization team did the same thing with the dialogue and the storyline and the games yeah. too. So it's like kind of like a package deal. Like you are localizing this not just for language but also for culture. Right. So right. I think that was like an understanding that, mm-hmm. that everyone had. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Controversial question here from Riven. Who takes your photos both as individuals and Why as a pair? Why is it they're just, they're just strong feelings about this, this question. That you have? No, we both have. Yeah. What are my strong we, we take our either either it's one or the other, or we take it ourselves and use like a remote. Oh, I absolutely like yeah. cannot have anyone the trust, take my picture. The trust of having somebody else take a picture is not there. No, it's zero, <laughs> it's zero percent for other people. It always looks awful. I'm like, right. how can you possibly take a photo that's this bad of me? Right. I don't it understand. seems like an easy enough thing to do. Take a good looking picture. But like we take pictures of each other and we're good. But we know how to do it. Oh, that's true. We know we know what is needed. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm like, why does this yeah. picture look like trash? <laughs> or it's like way zoomed out and just like a little, like, here we go. And why am I, yeah. yes, and also like, why is my face like so ugly? <laughs> <laughs> Not great. Yes. So yes, I, I'm definitely like a remote tripod. Yeah, both have Apple Watch that has a built-in, you can just push a button and get three seconds to do your pose and yes, click. That's how we take the thumbnail photos right. at home. Right. We take have various uh, manners of tripods. Yes. Around the house. Me too. Yeah, it, we have it, a lot of yeah, tripods. Around the studio, a around the house. A lot of tripods. Whatever you're going to need, yeah. We take it with us when we did like our little photo <clears throat> shoot for the the merch. Yeah. We literally just took the tripod and the remote and like just did it all ourselves. Right. And those photos came out great. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Tech Magic has a question. Do you have any favorite Nintendo or general gaming content or gaming related content Uh-oh. creators to watch when you have a little spare time. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm going to answer with a non-gaming content creator that I just enjoy. Which is? Truly one of the most strange and bizarrely fascinating things on YouTube is this guy. His he goes by Steve MRE. Oh yeah. I think it, and then I think there's like 1989. That must have been when he was born. Steve MRE 1989. Mm-hmm. And what this guy does is he eats old MREs, which are meals <laughs> ready to eat, which are things like, like, soldiers, the army. like soldiers eat when they're out in the field. And there's like these bags of like, you know, foods that will last a long time. Yeah. It's like in an emergency. And, but the thing that's interesting about him is he's into like vintage MREs. So, yeah. he, so he's like, well, I got this MRE that's like, this is, you know, a British MRE from 1976. Let's check it out. And it's like, are you going to survive this? Yeah. Are you going to poison yourself eating like an MRE from however many years ago? He has done some that are really old. Like he's done some from like World War Mm One, where he's like scraping like, (laughs) it's like, oh, buddy, don't do this. He's going to end up in the hospital. So there is a real aspect of excitement to this of like, this could really go wrong for you. Yikes. Um, he does have enough sense, though, sometimes to be like, I'm not eating that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I've watched some of those videos of, because of your recommendations. Right. It's very fascinating. But it's a very just, like, interesting angle into history. Yes. Where it's like, oh, okay, well, this was this so-and-so war, and this was what was going on, and this was what people right. like to eat, and, like, why was this item included? What did they think the benefit mm-hmm. of this item was? 
But he also has just this like childlike wonder about these things. <laughs> yeah. Where it's like, wow, I can't believe oh, this is incredible. And he thinks the stuff tastes great too. Yeah. I'm sure it does. I don't think it tastes good at I'm all. I'm sure it does. Every now like, and every now and then like salt. Every now and then I see something where it's like, I I taste a bite of that. Ooh. But usually it's like nothing. I wouldn't I couldn't cut I it couldn't out there it. Yeah, for a number like, of reasons. Like a, throw up yeah. or something. Yeah. Um I really like the gaming historian. Oh yeah. He's one of my favorites. Norm. Norm, yes. Yeah. He's the best. Um so nice too and of course i also watch a lot of videos still from you know the the all of the creators right. that we used to work with very closely at nintendo mm-hmm. um i still watch all of their videos and i love it um but i will also give a non-gaming one too which is a recent discovery which is this guy called max miller mm. and he has a channel called tasting history yes i've started watching this too. yeah and it's very interesting he um will cook a like an old vintage recipe um Trying to you know trying to use the actual ingredients, and then we'll give you a little bit of store like history, um, historical context around that recipe. So he did soul series on the Titanic, which was really cool, and he did like food from the third class all the way up to the first yeah. class. He made like this cello mold dessert thing that looked really interesting, and then he would like tell you about you know. The, the, the Titanic and, you know, the history around that. So I have been watching a lot of those videos and thinking about, should I make a vintage recipe? Mm. <laughs> Seems like it would be... How uh, vintage are we talking? I don't know. What would you make? I don't know. Well, that's where I, you need to start. I did, I did watch one that was kind of cool. It was, like, um, one about, like, the first style of noodles they ever oh. made in Japan. Oh, wow. Like, Edo-style noodles. Cool. And that recipe actually looked pretty, like, pretty doable. Yeah. And the noodles looked really good, actually. Okay. So maybe that. I do like that sometimes he's like, yeah, this actually isn't that good. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. he's like, this texture is awful. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, he's very honest with yeah. his opinions. Yeah. I also watched the other one. He made, like, cucumber ice cream. Oh. And. Where, where was that originally from? A Victorian. An oh, old, boy. like, English Victorian okay. recipe. And uh, that looked like it could get, be. Get, Tied into your corset so you can enjoy some delicious cucumber ice cream. Ice cream. <laughs> Sounds he like a good time. It was actually like surprisingly delicious. Really? Because he was like, I was expecting this to taste like gross yeah. and like watery, and like, but it was like really creamy and okay. like really refreshing and tastes like ice cream that you would want to eat, like not a palate cleanser, hmm. just like actual ice cream. Gotta get so on anyways. that tonight. All right. Yeah. Uh, our final question <clears throat> is from VGM Life. Question. I hate to bring up hardware revisions so close to the Switch Pro rumors that oh, cause such a tizzy. The tizzy. Well, these exist and that doesn't. So that's the difference. But I'm wondering, what are your favorite hardware revision? Mine is the GBA Micro because it was so oh, extremely I portable. I also remember thinking the DS Lite was aesthetics, aesthetically striking when it came out. Mm-hmm. GBA Micro is unconventional. It is. It's kind of, a love, kind of a love it or hate it. You need a tiny hand. It's, it's quite small. Reggie, yeah. not Reggie, not a fan. Reggie, not a fan. Not a fan Krista at all. A, fan, though. a tiny little baby hands, remember? I the did take that hands. on to like an airplane a few times, mm-hmm. and I was like, "This is cool." Yeah, it's so easy to yeah. stick in your pocket. I didn't mind it. Yeah, um, I liked. Contrary to your DS Lite, I actually liked the XL. Oh yeah. I thought that was very like, even though you know it, it did, it didn't really look as fun as the DS Lite with the face plates and all that stuff. Yeah. I kind of liked the like the sophisticated look of the XL. Remember, they had that that like 
clear coat on top. The colors were very like mature. It was like burgundy. Yeah. Well, in in Japan, it had like older people in the ads too. It was very clearly for like it's like you can't see, so you need a bigger. You're old for boomers. (laughs) I don't know. I liked it, and I remember reading like an Awada ask. We were like that clear coating. We wanted to look like a water drop. Really nice. Yeah. And like the the testing that we had to do to make it. Like yeah. stick to the the DS um, was really hard. Like the guy had to like fly to China yeah. for like four months to figure it out or something yeah, like that. Yeah. It was like crazy, but um, but yeah, I, I really like that revision. I think I used my um, yeah. my XL for a long time, like a really long time. All the both, I mean, the DS and 3DS XL, just like incredible how much bigger those screens are. Yeah, it like kind of blew your mind. It's You're like, really Whoa. like. Significant makes a big difference. It does. Yeah, it really did. Yeah. It like made it feel like it was worth it. Yeah, to, like, but, but didn't feel so big. It was like, oh, I can't. Care. This is not. Yeah, portable. yeah. Like I, don't, I couldn't go back. Like why afterwards. were people so obsessed with small smallness for so Pockets. long on this kind of portable tech? And now it's like, oh, everybody has a giant iPhone or like, like a or like a switch. Yes, yeah, I mean, a switch is. I mean, like fifteen years ago, people. Steam like, deck. Oh, oh, you can never. That, that's not portable. You could never do that. Yeah. That's like, well, you're just putting it in a bag anyway. It's like, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not little Jimmy stuffing it in my overalls. It's a pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Riding down with like a baseball card in the spokes of my wheels or something. Like, what What do you think we're doing here? Jimmy has a backpack. He's fine. Yeah, not even Jimmy's got a backpack. <laughs> um, well, the classic one is is original DS to DS Lite. I mean, oh, yeah. That I mean, was the original a way DS different like, form factor. It's like, what? What were you thinking? This was not ready. <laughs> I still bought it. I mean, of course I bought it. It was cool. But it was, it was a little angular. It was clunky and chunky. It was very chunky. It was yeah. a chonky boy. Um, chonky. I'm going to say DSi. DSi looked like a hospital gown. Well, the blue one. I did not like that. Was that. A, that was it's a bad. Really ugly. Poor choice of color. And the texture was so uncomfortable. That matte texture. It made me like, made my skin crawl. Like, I did not yeah. like that. Yeah, but it did... I mean, it did introduce a lot of new stuff. Like they had the camera, the two cameras, the, the sound, the kind of prototype. Who listened to the sound? Prototype eShop. I wouldn't say it was like my <laughs> fate. Like physically, wasn't my favorite vision, but it did introduce a lot of things that were to come. Yeah. In different forms in the future. All right. So, I mean, yeah, it seems like it's, it's going to be some... I mean, the, the other obvious one is, like, Game Boy Advance SP. Oh, yeah, Game Boy Advance Where SP. original GBA was, again, kind of like that. this Game Boy, where it's like, I can't see this. I need ten warm lights. <laughs> <clears throat> and, and all of a sudden, yeah. it was this, you know, super handy fold-up thing. So Yeah, yeah. And we found that box that you had. I'm trying to have a non-obvious answer here. So, I'll say DSi. Ew. Good times with that. Okay. Ew? Ew. ew. I'm a little eeled out by the DSi. Oh my gosh. No offense. What if we got a DS Micro? That could have been fun. Like a little... A teeny little, yeah. little yeah, flippy? Yeah, a really little one. That could have been fun. How are you going to hold that? Now they, they, have the, they have an iPhone. What's it called? The iPhone. There's like a tiny iPhone you can oh, get. There's a tiny iPhone, yeah. It's kind of like the old iPhones. You ever go back to an old iPhone? Like, oh, that's Oh, what was I doing? Weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a, like a little brick. It's so small. It's like a teeny little brick. Yeah. So weird. Now people are the flip phones are back. People are flipping again. Uh, 
I mean, maybe if you're in Breaking Bad for, yeah, for like s- burner phone. sneaky reasons, you snap it in half and throw it in the desert. Oh! <laughs> they always snap it in half. You gotta snap it. You got to. You gotta destroy the evidence by snapping it in half and throwing it into like the ravine. Anyways, okay. That's the end of our questions. It is. Great questions, as always, as from our always. wonderful Patreon subscribers. Now it is time for the One Up Club graduation ceremony. We have an incredible new addition this month that I'm, even if it's your turn, I'm going to say. I think you should say it. Okay. Yeah. And my request is for one of you to change your names to Chris. No. Chris. You can't ask somebody to do this. Yes, I can and I will. That's overstepping. No, it's not. Your powers. I'm not. As whatever, could, please, what is that, whatever you are. If you are a Christopian, <laughs> if you could please change your name. That would well, be no, wonderful. No, 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 let's begin here. Okay. We'll get to it. Here we go. A. Ron Burgundy. Aaron Hash. Adam Edwards. Ajan Malari. Ale Alejandro. Alexandra Pratt. Amaris. Andre NYH. Angela Bycroft. Bagel. Ben Eckhorn. Bettina Tsang. Brad SF56. Candace Roper. Ket Lori. Christopher Lay. Cozy Tar. Captain Alex. Daniel Valencia. Doxon. Doodoo Face. Douglas Chomix. Ducatista. Dino Punch. Eigenverse. Elite Peach. Esports 50. Ezrato. Furbound. Gar. Garrett Hullfish. Handsome Warrior. Ian Chie. Israel or Izzy. Jay Rando. Jackie Z. Uh, Jason E. JK99. JBJ. Jeff Yoakum. Jeffrey Hernandez. Jesse Hernandez. Jobert. John Responte. Jonathan Rowe. Jordan Collette. Jordan Hammerly. Joshua Clements. Juan. Juji Fruit. Just Camtro. Kai Comercia. Kawa 9... No, 2796. Kevin. Kevin Delane. Here we go. Drum rolls. Kidarati, dance with me. Are you going to dance? Are you joking? Kidarati, dance with me. I love it. <laughs> you better start dancing. Oh, my God. K Nanan TV. Kyle Kretzer. Kyle LaBeouf. Kyler Nelson. Lego My Frago. Link. Lit. Lucamania. Lucas Pico. Luis. Malferink. Mamu. Marcelo. Marky Man 64. Maru Mayhem. Matthew Rewald. Megan. Mega Z23. Michael Cravens. Michael J. File. Michael Mazer. Mike Chin. Mikey. Murph. My Tran. Nasir. Nodnar. Omi Omai. Handabuns. Parker Anderson. Patreon user. Paul Gale Network. Pi- Piano Psychopath. PS Weed. Raver. Brad State of Mind. Rain Tech. Ray Charon. Ry- Ryuji Utsuho Oku. R.J. Kern. Rob Osborne. Rocks. Roy Eschke. Ryan Hayes, 521. Ryan Sam Nealon. Scott LaRock. Safazel. Shinru. Slowbro. Schmiggles. Spicy Munchkin. Steel Citron. Switching it up underscore. The Don Rob. The Shark Among Men. Thomas Alvarez. Troopage. Tugs Puppy Bear. Tyler Geis. Ultimate Flapjack. VGM Life. Video Game Stupid. Beautiful Dandy. Virtual Bot. Wicked Davy. Will Ernst. Zudaverf. Zen! Someone change your name. <coughs> to what? Chris, Christopian? To Christopian, Christopian dance sing with me? me? Oh, sing with me. Change your name to Christopian sing with me. This is where, like, you sign up for your own Patreon <laughs> with this name. <laughs> I'm going to antagonize you with questions from me. That'd be hilarious, that could be fun, actually. actually. A fun I'm trolling like, technique? We trolling? always need more of those. Yeah. yeah, I could troll you with, like, annoying <laughs> questions. Like, why do you smell so bad? Oh, no. <laughs> how come you don't know how to dance? <clears throat> Why, why you, are you stacking boxes? Why did you lie about stacking the yeah, box? Why are you lying about You knew exactly what was boxes. in there. Answer the question. Don't get Answer me started. The question. <laughs> One of these days, somebody's going to storm out of this room in the middle of a recording. 
What are you going to do? Connect it to the microphone. Just rip it off. Rip it off. Fair enough of that. Like up turn and Rob goes flying. Yeah. And somebody's going to have to awkwardly finish the show. Like we're doing right now. It hasn't happened. Brace yourself. <laughs> it's going to be you. I don't know. You're going to get pushed to the edge by me. <laughs> pushed to the <laughs> edge. Game point. All right. We got to wrap it up here before someone really does storm out. Uh, thank you so much for listening and watching. Don't forget to subscribe to our Patreon for many, 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 many benefits. We're also adding the two new tiers. So yeah. stay tuned for what those are. It's going to be really fun. Um, Patreon.com slash Krista. Support us. Keep the show going if you like it. Thank you. Um, follow us on social. We are Kit and Krista on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. And yeah, don't forget to subscribe, give this a thumbs up, leave a comment, do all the things. All right. Is that it? We arrived at the end. We have. Okay, we'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye.